China finished their five-game trip in the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup with one win over Angola and four losses to Serbia, South Sudan, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host Li Xiang. To be honest, I had never expected China to make it out of Group B. Neither did I count on the team to secure automatic qualification for the Paris Olympics next year. So I don't really blame them for losing to Serbia, South Sudan, or Puerto Rico. Well, not for the results, but the processes of the three games are a different thing. I was actually delighted to see the energy, the spirit, and the resilience shown by Chinese players against Angola. In fact, if they had been playing like that the whole time, the chance of them making any difference with the group stage or in the classification round would not be zero. One thing I dislike the most about China's performances in all of the five games—yes, five games, including the win—was their poor rebounding performance. They average only 31st rebounds per game, the second fewest of all 32 teams by Tuesday, and lost in this category in each and every of the five games. I mean, it's not like Chinese players are smaller than their opponents in most positions. Al contrario, coach Alexander Djordjevic brought as many big wings as possible, but that didn't work at all. The team's underperformance on this front is with everything. They judged the rebound poorly. They were bad at positioning and boxing out, and they were a disaster in holding the ball tight in their hands. But poor rebounding was definitely not the only problem of China in the World Cup. Let's break all five games one by one here. First, China lost to Serbia 105-63 in the first game. The gap between the two teams in strength is obvious, but it's no excuse for a 42-point loss. As soon as Serbia began to ball pressure China's perimeter players, Chinese players couldn't feed the ball to their big man next to the hoop, couldn't break in, couldn't move the ball in the way they wanted, and couldn't even handle the ball safely. I didn't want to count how many points Serbia scored with the 21 turnovers they forced by China. China chose the right defensive policy in their second game against South Sudan, which is closing toward the paint and testing the opponent's three-point shooting ability. Judging by stats, South Sudan have never shot to kill from deep. The fact that they made 15 of their 30 triple attempts in this game caught everyone off guard and was a consequence that China had to swallow with the defense they chose. But the quick rundown of stamina from the third quarter was inexcusable. The painfully sharp comparison was set by Japan, who overcame a double-digit deficit to beat Finland one day earlier. They managed to outscore the EuroBasket 2022 quarterfinalists 35 to 15 in the fourth quarter to get that win. It was right after those two nights for most of us to know that Japan were likely to get the only automatic qualification for the Paris Olympics for all six Asian teams, and they did in the end. The loss to Puerto Rico was a direct consequence of wrong choice of defensive policy and wrong rotations of players. Somehow. Coach Djordjevic decided to make Chinese players go under screen when Tremont Waters and Stephen Thompson Jr. cough off screens from teammates. Both were dead eye shooters, and it's suicidal to give them space to shoot off the dribble. When China realized that and sent extra defender to try to deflect their shooting, also help me understand this again. 
Most Chinese players are bigger than their Puerto Rican counterparts. Not to mention that they close in in most defensive positions. So how is that possible that Puerto Rico still grabbed six more offensive rebounds and led by twelve in total rebounds? Oh, I'm not done yet. The loss to Puerto Rico showed what a nightmare Wang Jilin was for China on the court on both offense and defense. He couldn't even make open layups, had no low post threat, was too slow to follow any defensive target, and had no clue where he should be or what he should do in guarding screen plays. Yet he still received nearly 12 minutes in the game. From the first loss against Serbia, Wang was the worst performing Chinese player on the floor. He had almost nothing to contribute than losing control of the ball after contact with the defender or working hard only to find himself pushed away from the rim. Jatovich abandoned Wang since Game Four and gave Hu Jintao much longer time than before. Who was the key? To China's win over Angola, but that doesn't mean the way the team used him is not problematic. He played over 31st minutes against Angola and didn't take much of a break in the second half. One day later, Hu Jintao was made play the same much of time against the Philippines. That's why you saw him too tired to follow the opponent's perimeter players and get dunked over by Kai Soto. It felt like Jatovic was acting in a rage. It's like. You all said I shouldn't use Wang Jilin and should use Hu Jintao. Fine, I gave you what you wanted, even if that created a huge defensive weakness on the court. Zhou Qi was injured only eight minutes into the game against the Philippines. China needed a big man to fill the paint after he's gone. A coach should make the right choice, like deciding what role a player should. Have on the court for the best of the team instead of making the hard choice out of rage or other emotions. Djokovic's other arrangements against the Philippines were problematic too. Even without Zhou Qi, China still led in the first half. The opponent's win came from the epic performance of Jordan Clarkson, who dropped 24 points in the third quarter to lead his side on a 34-11 run. He was the NBA Sixth Man of the Year two years ago. Everyone knows what an explosive scorer he can be once he finds his rhythm. Yet there was no double teaming or anything on Clarkson during most of the time of the third period. It's like watching him get 14 points in two and a half minutes. It didn't make a serious enough warning to the Chinese side that it's time to do something. China have never lost to an Asian team in the World Cup before until Saturday night. What they had this time was not a completely newly assembled squad. Neither was the first day of Clarkson in the Philippines. China always beat them until Saturday night. Despite all of the reasons I gave above, there was one simple answer that may sound bitter to many years. This generation of Chinese basketball players are just not good enough in top competitions like the World Cup. Wang Jilin has been the target of countless criticism these days. Yet he was the reigning CBA MVP. Zhou Qi is the best big man of the team, but he hasn't played in any regular game in a long time. And please don't. Give me any name that you think should have been brought to the World Cup because it wouldn't make any difference. What the team had here 
are the 12 best players they can find. It's the first major international tournament Djordjevic coached China since he took over the team 10 months ago. It wasn't pretty, but it's also not fair to deny him as a good coach if you read his resume. He needs more time to get a better knowledge of the players he's working with and a better understanding of what he can bring to the team. When China failed to make it out of the group stage at the World Cup at home in 2019, Chinese basketball commentator Yang Yi called it the darkest day of Chinese basketball. What the team suffered four years later yet today was only the first real taste of that pain. But it doesn't take away the right things the team has been doing. Now there's a good coach in the position, trying to add new things to the team. There are players with the right attitude and necessary energy contributing on the court like Hu Mingxuan, Hu Jinqiu, and Zhao Rui. There is no shortcut out of the difficulties they're facing now, but there's always hope if you dig real harder and real deeper. I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, I'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya.